0: things true. I'm your host Cody B. Today we continue our discussion of church by looking at what the actual role of the church is as commanded and set down by scripture. If if you haven't seen our previous episode, please go listen to it right now because this this is going to build off of the previous one. You know, we, we discussed what the church is and we defined it as it is laid out in scripture by, specifically by Jesus Christ and in the gospels we looked at how ecclesia is used in other passages of scripture and once you realize what the definition of it definition of the church is you have to begin to realize okay so what is its purpose why is it here why did jesus establish an ecclesia why did he create a group of followers to be organized and Long story short, it's because the mission that he has given us is massive. The mission we have before us is a massive undertaking. And and we're going to look at scripture and realize and there's three different parts to this mission. Three separate missions that the church is all supposed to do and accomplish and fulfill at, at once. And... We can't fulfill these roles by ourselves. We cannot fulfill this mission by ourselves. It takes organization of believers. In Mark chapter 16, we have the very first part, not the whole part, but the very first part of the mission Jesus and God has given us. It's the most well-known part among Christians. It's it's the one we always teach that we had to fulfill. But it's by no means the only one. In Mark 16, Jesus is ascending into heaven or about to ascend into heaven. Before he leaves, he is going to give his apostles, his disciples, a mission to fulfill. As apostles, they are witnesses of his resurrection, of his death, burial, and resurrection. Knowing that he died, knowing that he was buried, knowing that he was resurrected, and seeing it would be essential in the first few days and the first few years of the start of the church and the start of Christianity. And Jesus gives them this command. He says in verse 15, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. He who has Disbelieved shall be condemned. It's the great commission. The great task. Go to everyone that we see, everyone that we know, and tell them that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Share the gospel story of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Other other gospels will go on to say and tell teach them to observe. All the things I have commanded you. He says at the end of of the Gospel of, of Matthew. And our role is to teach. As a church, as Christians, as organized Christians, our role is to teach everyone around us who Jesus is, what he has done, what he will do as far as his return goes, and the fact that he has given us teachings to live by. That's where our role, I believe that's where our role starts. That's where it begins. This has to be the forefront of the mind of of all Christians everywhere who call themselves disciples, who call themselves followers of Jesus. But it is by no means the only role that we have, it's by no means the only job that we do. Turn to James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, we'll be looking at verses 26 and verses 27 together. Like I said, you know, while Mark 16 is the beginning of this role of of the church that we have, it's, it's by no means the only role that we have. We have other tasks God has given us. Look at verse 26 of James 1. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. In this text, James is saying there's good and there's bad religion. Bad religion is X in verse 26. It's someone who does not... Uh, bridle his own tongue as someone who does not have self-control but who thinks himself to religious who is religious and in verse 27 he says there is actual pure and undefiled religion there's actually good religion that we can have I know I know our world states and, and many people in the realm of Christianity say that's relationship over religion and and while that is a beautiful saying it's not entirely true. There is a religion that goes with the relationship of Jesus Christ. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this: to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. It's staying away from the sin of the world. But as far as the role of the church goes, in this text he says visiting orphans and widows. Some 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 translations say taking care of orphans and widows. But it's taking care of the least of these, looking after the ones no one else is looking after, and no one else wants to look after. Children who have been abandoned, women who have been abandoned, and and the reason why he lists orphans and widows in, in this text is because that's the number one group that was the groups who suffered the most in the first century. I believe it doesn't just apply to orphans and widows, but it applies to. Everyone has been forgotten. Everyone who has been abandoned. Jesus himself said, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus himself said, love your enemies. That includes visiting them in their distress. I mean, he goes as far as to say, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. If he's naked, clothe him. Take care of our enemies. And if we're taking care of our enemies. Who does that leave out? It leaves out nobody. The role of the church is we have to take care of the people around us. The people who are suffering. To dress them. To clothe them. To feed them. To look after them. To protect them. And the prophet Isaiah called it social justice. Which. Unfortunately, has become a, a dirty word in in our churches today. But it's what Jesus taught in, in the prophets. It's what he taught in the old. Not, not Jesus, sorry. It's what God taught in the prophets. It's what he taught in the Old Testament. It's what Jesus taught in the Gospels. It's what James is teaching here. Take care of the least, least of these. It's not just a command for Christians to fulfill. We cannot fulfill this, man, this, this command as individuals by ourselves. We need the help of other Christians to do so. That's why it has to fall to the church. No one person, no one family can take care of all the orphans and widows and at the least of these in their communities. No. That help would not be sufficient. We have to do it as An organized body. Or they get neglected. Take a look, if you will. If you need more convincing, take a look at Acts chapter 6. In this text, we see uh, deacons being chosen for a mission. Look at chapter 6 in verse... One. Now, at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. It was an early time in the church when the church was trying to take everyone who was in their number and everyone not, not in their number. And apparently there were a group of Jewish widows, Hellenistic Jewish widows, who were being overlooked. Verse 2, so the 12 summoned the congregation of disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. The apostles say, look, if we do this, it would take away from the great commission that Jesus has given us to go into all the world and preach the gospel of all creation. But it can't keep going like it is. Therefore, brethren, verse 3, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of the task. And these were the first deacons. They organized a smaller group of Christians to help oversee this struggle of what was taking place, of not taking care of the least of these in the community and in the church. The apostles saw fit that it was supposed to be the organized church's job to take care of the least of these, to take care of the widows, to take care of widows and orphans. The third role I want to talk about today is going to come from Romans chapter twelve. We're going to look at verses nine through thirteen. It's kind of a little bit of an overlap in in Acts six, um, which 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 is a, which is a good thing. Uh, Paul writes, let love be without hypocrisy, Abhor poor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, preserving in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. It goes along with loving your enemies. It goes along with with loving your neighbor. It goes along with taking care of the church, and that is the command. The church is to take care of the least of these outside of the church, and to take care of the people in the church as well. Uplifting them. Loving them. Rejoicing together. Persevering together. Being devoted in prayer together. Being devoted in worship together. Contributing to the needs of the saints practicing hospitality. Paul's telling the church at Rome, he says, look, you have to look out for each other. He goes on to say in verse 10, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, be of the same mind toward one another, do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly, do not be wise in your own estimation. Humble yourself, take care of each other, rejoice with those who are rejoicing, weep with those who are weeping, Emotionally support each other. Emotionally support each other. The church is to be here for each other in times of pain, in times of joy, and because of times of pain, because of times of joy. We are to persevere with each other. The best description? Be a family. Be a family for each other. Paul tells me he says, look, hard times are, are coming. <laughs> Bless those who persecute you and look out for one another. When you look at all three of these commands side by side, you look at the command to spread the gospel, you look at the command to take care of orphans and widows, you look at the command to take care of those in the church, take care of the least of these, take care of those in the church, spread the gospel, teach, it's a combination of all the things Jesus did, lived, and taught in his life here on earth. Jesus expects this of us. God expects this of us. That's why God has put his kingdom here. We are the light of the world. It's not just teach truth every single day, morning, noon, and night. No, we have to actively love those around us too. It goes with the teaching. If they do not feel love from you, if they do not feel the love of God from you, They will not believe because they will not care. Because if you do not share the love of God with the least of these, with those in the world, as well as those in the church, then you are like every other organization that is in the world. You're just looking after yourself. concludes this episode of all things true if you have any questions you can email them to perryvillecoc at gmail.com that is perryvillecoc at gmail.com make sure to follow and share this episode with your friends and remember all those who had believed were together and had all things in common